What is up, kangaroo chasers? And uh, what a start to 2022. Happy New Year. We knew this was coming, but now it's official. Now it's confirmed. The Prime Minister of France, Monsieur Jean Castet, has announced that in 2025, the Rugby League World Cup is coming home to where it was founded, France. I'm pumped. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 129 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Guys, Happy New Year. Really, season four of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast unofficially starts with this episode. I'm not starting the weekly podcast just yet, but with the news last night that uh, France Rugby League World Cup 2025 is official, I had to come on for a solo episode to talk to you guys about it. The press conference was really cool. It was an all-French press conference, but they had English, an English translator, thank God, because uh, it means I got to understand it. But plenty of great, great top speakers from Troy Grant, Luc Lacoste, uh, Jean Castet, as I mentioned, and many others. So it was very fascinating. Great to hear the passion. Absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to go through a couple of things here, a couple of pointers uh, that you may or may not have, have heard or read yet, because it hasn't been, I must admit, hasn't been a lot of press down here in Australia. I'm not sure if it's different for our UK listeners or our, our European listeners. Certainly our uh, American listeners wouldn't, wouldn't have heard much about this. But here in Australia, it has been pretty quiet news-wise. hasn't been the leading story. Um, heard it on Breakfast with Vossi. This morning, they they spoke to Trent Robinson, Roosters coach, who's also the French national team coach, so he was pumped about it, so it's good to hear that. But otherwise, where else are you going to go for this news? Chasing kangaroos. So here I am with a solo episode for you guys. Happy New Year. Um, we've got a lot planned for this season. I might go through a little bit of that at the end of this episode for those who care to stick around. But let's go through a couple of the pointers from this World Cup. Um, for me, probably the most exciting international rugby league news story since the rise of Tonga and you know we were pumped by the rise of Tonga a few years ago we saw it as the coming the finally the coming of international rugby league to the stage it deserves despite a lot of the downs of the last 18 months one of the feel-good stories has been what we've called the French rugby league renaissance and we're seeing more a few more French players starting to infiltrate the Super League mainly through the great work by Catalan Dragons, uh, my favourite Super League team. Sorry, sorry Saints, but Catalans, they just got my heart. They've stolen my heart and they they came first this year, just missed out at grand final time. Um, they've won Challenge Cups and they're one of the forces of Super League now, Catalan Dragons, and they've got some great juniors coming through the ranks as well. Add to that in 2022, the promotion of Toulouse Olympique, the second French club in the Super League, from the championship and it's looking good for French rugby league. The women's game is starting to grow again. It's, you know, starting to be in the news again, especially in the south of France. Could they get a TV deal for, for Super League in France? Hopefully. Can they get more exposure? The Elite One certainly getting more exposure, certainly around the world via their social media channels during lockdown periods uh, for a lot of us and during, during tough times. So French rugby league, the revival, has been happening, one of the feel-good stories of the last 18 months. And now that's topped off with this great news, which, as I said at the top, we knew it was coming. We spoke to uh, Troy Grant a while ago, episode 124, IRL on the future with Troy Grant. He did mention you know, trying to get a French World Cup in 2025, how important that was. He's done a lot of great work. And actually, I might, I might read a quote from him 
from the press conference yesterday, which I thought was really cool. Let's let's read that out. Uh, he said, The rebirth of International Rugby League in France has been a strategic goal of our sport for many decades, and I'm delighted that it will now become a reality through this award of the 2025 World Cup to France. As the Sports International Federation, International Rugby League is so pleased to be able to bring the World Cup home to where it all began with the first World Cup in 1954, and in keeping with that historic theme, for the very first time, there will be four competitions, men, women, wheelchair and youth. Truly a Rugby League World Cup for everyone and for all of society. And that was Troy Grant, of course, from International Rugby League. Great quote. There's a lot in that. Um, of course, the World Cup coming home, you know, to where it was founded. And many Rugby League fans, certainly a lot of NRL fans, wouldn't know that the first ever Rugby League World Cup, in fact, the first ever Rugby World Cup, was the Rugby League World Cup 1954 in France. Four nations took part. And, you know, they've always been very progressive, the French, when it comes to International Rugby League, whenever they've had the power to do so. Um, of course, we all know what happened after World War II with the Vichy regime. I don't have to go into too much detail there, but look, I'm sure all of our listeners know exactly what went on. If you don't, I recommend you uh, Google it, maybe even read The Forbidden Game. But, you know, in a nutshell... Uh, the French Vichy government seized all of rugby league's assets, gave them to Rugby Union, and effectively banned rugby league from being played. So for France to put on that first World Cup in 1954 was a big deal. Um, They put on a World Cup again in 1972, so they had a bit of a dip, but a little revival in the 70s. It's important to, to, to mention that because... And I'll go on about Vichy a little bit later on as well, but as rugby league fans, we often blame... Um, you know, the demise, and I won't say the demise because there's always been a, a heart beating, especially in the south of France for rugby league, but we associate that decline with that Vichy asset freeze and that, that banning of rugby league in, in France. And we've seen it happen around the world, you know, to various degrees as well. But we blame the demise of French rugby league there. But the truth is we've probably had opportunities to rebuild We've done so. We we had that opportunity in the seventies, but it dipped again. Um, and the thing is, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, we have an opportunity to build again now. I don't want to be blaming the Vichy regime in one two decades time for the French demise of rugby league. This is a chance to grow, and I hope we take it. I really do. So let's talk about. Some of the details to come out of yesterday's press conference, which was amazing to be a part of and listen to. Um, so, as mentioned in that quote from Troy Grant, 2025 will so simultaneously bring together four competitions. So, the World Cup this year uh, has will have women, men's and wheelchair. Um, in 2025, we're going to see women, men, wheelchair and youth. Now, that means under-19s. So a lot of people have been asking that question, what does youth exactly mean? It's under-19s. So four competitions for the first time ever. I'm not sure if any other sport has done that before. In fact, I don't know if any sport has done three like we are in the 2021 World Cup this year, but certainly not four. Um, It's a big celebration of rugby league. It's huge. And what's great about it as well is this year we're seeing, in the UK World Cup this year, we're seeing 16 men's uh, teams eight women's, eight wheelchair. Well, in 2025, there's going to be 16 in each competition. I think this is amazing. And, you know, while some people have said that the men's competition should grow, 
I kind of think 16 is just right at the moment. But to see more opportunities for women's teams, you know, so we're going we're gonna to have the chance to see nations like Fiji, who I think were really unlucky for the 2021 World Cup. You know, USA have a chance to come in. We're going to see the Serbian women with a chance to come in, the Italians, the, the Greeks, um, maybe like Filipino women, uh, maybe some African nations, you know, the women from Ghana and Cameroon. They're all going to have opportunities to make it there. There's eight new fresh spots for teams in the Women's Rugby League World Cup. There's going to be eight extra spots in wheelchair and, of course, those 16 under-19s spots as well, which I think is just amazing. The opportunity to see more nations at this World Cup represented. At the 2021 World Cup for this year, we're going to see Brazil in the women's, which you know adds that spice and flavour. We're going to see Norway and USA in the wheelchair. So, effectively, where we sh- where typically we'd have... 16 nations represented in 2021 we're going to have close to 20 well in 2025 we could have many many more and i think that's really exciting i can't wait to see who those nations are um someone asked on twitter today to predict who those extra uh, eight women's nations might be i don't want to even start predicting but i am absolutely pumped and cannot wait for the qualifications because um we're hungry for international rugby league and we're going to certainly going to get a lot in the lead up to this between World Cups now. So absolutely amazing stuff. Um, The competition will begin in October, run for five weeks till mid-November. It will take place across 40 cities in France. And in particular, it's going to be spread mostly around medium-sized cities. So it's it's being called like the the World Cup of Regions. So from a French government and tourism perspective, I guess it's a big three years for them. They're going to have the Olympics, the Rugby Union World Cup and the Rugby League World Cup all in a three-year period. That's huge. Um, I don't think that's been done before, anything to that degree. But it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Rugby League, the smaller of those three events, right? We can admit that and we've got no issues with that. We're growing. Um, so, But to see from a tourism perspective, French government perspective, jobs perspective for them, um, a lot of the... A lot of the first two events, the the Olympics, Paralympics, and the the Union, probably going to be played in major cities. You're going to see a lot of that centered around Paris, I assume. But for rugby league, it's going to be more around the regions, and of course, we'll see the larger cities um, take the grand final and semi-finals, mainly because of capacity in stadiums. But I think for France, for the French government, they're seeing this as a good opportunity to promote the rest of France as well which I think for them is very exciting. They're expecting 100,000 foreign supporters during the tournament, which will be huge for them. Already, France, I think, is the most visited country in the world. Paris, certainly the most visited city in the world. So for for them, they know what they're doing, and I think that's really exciting. Of those 40 cities, so already 38 key cities have expressed interest in hosting games or base camps, so hosting teams to train, or, or whether it be men's, women's, wheelchair, or youth games. 38 cities have expressed interest. Uh, the usual suspects are there. But what is most interesting is that the city of Vichy has applied. And of course, at the top, we did mention the history there, which you'd all be aware of. Aware of. Um, what I thought was interesting was the Vichy reign was actually mentioned by the Prime Minister of France. It was um, something I wasn't expecting listening to the press conference, but he did mention it. And... To my knowledge, it's probably the first time that they've kind of, it's been acknowledged um, at this time. So as a rugby league fan, 
um, who understands what the sport has been through in history, it was kind of like cool to hear them say that. It wasn't an apology or anything like that. It's not wasn't up to him to apologise by any means. But and we're not expecting that. But to hear that recognised was kind of for me. To me, what I heard was, you know, we acknowledge this, and you know, it's been a long time, but let's move forward now. And I think that's the most important message. And President of rugby, uh, French Rugby League, Luc Lacoste, was asked about this later on in the Q&A session. And he said, look, we don't... I'm, I'm paraphrasing here now. I haven't got the quote in front of me. But he said, we can't look to the past. We need to look to the future. And this is an opportunity to do that. Uh, Luc Lacoste, by the way, what an incredible job. You know, we had him on the podcast as well. Episode 108, France is back. I, I recommend you listening to that. We had him on the show when he was first appointed as president of the French uh, FFR. And, you know, he made some bold statements. He said, you know, a World Cup soon for France. I asked him if France could put on a World Cup in 2029 from memory. And he said maybe sooner. He knew what was coming. And, you know, he's achieving some things very quickly. He certainly is the man for the job and he's doing a great job. So, Luc Lacoste, if you're listening, congratulations. Well done. Um, couldn't think of a better person to be running the game over there right now. And he's really showing administrators around the world how it's done. So, um, But again, the message, echoing that, that message, I've heard rugby league players, myself included, we talk about the demise of France, we blame that World War post-World War II Vichy government reign. Um, but, you know, we've had 80 years since then, you know, and we haven't done too much about it. So for me the message for me here as rugby league fans is let's move on let's stop blaming and let's stop making excuses um because we have an opportunity here so let's get behind it and let's hope that the administrators of rugby league can can make it work this time uh so 2025 so excited um one thing that they keep calling it as well in all of their press and it was mentioned a few times last night during the conference the press conference was something I love. They're calling it this World Cup, the people's competition. I think that's important. I've said this on the podcast a number of times too. Rugby league really is the people's game. That's how it needs to be marketed and, and, and talk about, spoken about. It's the people's game. And they're leaning on this with ticket pricing. So average ticket prices will be less than 30 euro. Um, so enabling all audiences to take part in this celebration I'm excited about that because uh, the flights are going to be expensive for my whole family. So if I can get into games for less than 30 euro, I'll go to a few of those. Um, and more on that later, maybe. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm loving that language, people's competition. Even other things they're saying like, and Luc Lacoste mentioned this, but the return of Rugby League World Cup to its homeland of France. I'm loving all of this language. I'm loving the vibe, the vibe this whole French revolution. It's... It's freaking incredible to be honest with you and um yeah really excited ah oh, guys so those are the the key points and i'm sure we're going to get more over the next few years i almost forgot you know last night during this conference that we have a world cup this year you know the 2021 world cup will be this year in the uk it's going to be phenomenal so it's i'm just pumped that we're going to have two great world cups in a three-year period um a few big takeaways for me for this one uh, now that we've got the facts out of the way. so But the big one for me here is I'm loving that we're breaking that England-Australia cycle. Like It seems like every World Cup in my lifetime has been 
Australia, UK, Australia, UK, Australia, UK. And, you know, I understand we haven't had much choice, but it's great to see another superpower here. Um, and I'm going to call France a superpower because the plan needs to be to build them into one. And there's certainly going to be opportunities there money-wise now. So people talking about and asking questions on, on the socials today about where, you know, the money will the government, French government be, you know, paying for a lot of this. And of, of course they will. That's how this thing works. They pay for the event, they put it on and they reap the benefits with tourism, etc. Um, so money will be obviously pumped into this tournament. The French government, and they spoke about this last night, but obviously I mentioned the three events uh, in a row, the three large world events in a row that will be happening there. So there's going to be a lot of government funding going into sport in general. Um, there's been increases there. Um, they were talking, you know, 10% last year, 25% this year. To be honest, that's all over my head. I don't know percentage of what. I'm not sure how much exactly. But money is going into grassroots sports. And there's definitely opportunities, as mentioned last night, for grassroots rugby league clubs to tap into that funding. Um, there was a lot of talk about pushing for development of rugby league and, and they're throwing around numbers like seeing the men's game increase by 25% in terms of participation, so men and boys, seeing the women's game increase or their goal to increase by 400% in the women's game by the time the World Cup uh, lands in 2025. Um, you know, speaking about young grassroots clubs, people being able to afford kits and equipment and to play the game and you know, this real hunger for growth at the grassroots level, I think that's really exciting. And to me, we can't just, you know, rest on these laurels as a sport. I want to see a bright future for France, and I hope that there's more of a plan in place as well. So we've mentioned France, uh, we've mentioned Catalan and Toulouse in the Super League, we've mentioned Elite One, we've mentioned the women's game. We need to now capitalise on what's happening over the next couple of years and make sure that it doesn't stop with the World Cup. And I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but you know we can maybe talk about this in future podcast episodes. But I've often said that rugby league, not only in Europe, but rugby league as a sport, as an international sport, we need a stronger French competition. We need a French competition that rivals the Super League um, because... You know, we need more options than NRL and Super League. And, and I think the English game in particular, the, the UK game, I should say, in particular, needs a strong rival. They rely a lot on Australia and New Zealand. And, and you know, Australia and New Zealand have each other. They have the Pacific, the Pacific Islands, Papua New Guinea now as well. England always seems to be, you know, hoping that Australia is going to come to the party. We saw with the World Club Challenge this year, the Panthers decided, ah, we're just not going to do it this year. You know, got COVID, blah, blah, blah. And England's always sort of left holding their hat, um, unfortunately. By building up a strong France, they have good competition and they sort of have more options, you know, with each other as well. What we should be building towards, and, and this will sound like pie in the sky to some people, but what we should be building towards is a strong 10-team French Super League and a strong 10-team English Super League bring Catalans and Toulouse back to France um, 10 strong teams in each and they don't have finals they play first past the post like they do in most European sports whoever 
is coming first at the end of the year are the champions of England and the champions of France. But then they play in a European Super League playoff, you know, top two or three from each have a playoff and they they fight for the battle of European champions. I think that's the best way to go. Cut down the number of rounds, have those two competitions which culminate in a European champion, have England versus France three times a year like we have State of Origin here. You know, you can combine the Challenge Cup and the Lord Lord Derby Cups as well into some into a massive European knockout competition and start to develop Wales, Ireland, Scotland, Serbia, Italy, Greece, Russia. Start to start to develop all of those. Sorry to the ones I haven't mentioned. I won't mention everyone. Um, start looking at developing some of these African nations as well. We saw a great, great um, partnership with Salford and, and Rugby League in Ghana. See, We want to see more of that and really see the French and the English games starting to look towards Africa in the same way that the Australia, the NRL is looking towards the Pacific. And I think if we can do that, and like I said, it might sound like pie in the sky, but we need goals and we need to work towards something like that. And if, you know, RFL, FFR, Super League, IRL, if you're listening, and I know you are, I know you guys listen. <laughs> so take that one, take that goal, work towards it because a strong French competition can only mean great things and I think we can get there especially with this wonderful news. Um, the other thing, uh, I'm, I'm saving. I've already started saving for this World Cup before it was officially announced. Um, I'm going. It's my 40th birthday year. I think it's a perfect present for myself. I can't believe I just said that. I'm turning 40 when this World Cup comes around but it's the perfect present for myself. I might take the whole family and what I, what we might what we should actually do, and this would be amazing if we can do this, but hook up with a with a tourism company, and try and get a hundred kangaroo chasers over there from Australia, UK, US. Try and get a hundred kangaroo chasers over there for this tournament in 2025. We've got three years to make that happen, um, guys. Um, I'm pumped. Um, we've had a few French style episodes of the podcast I already mentioned 108 France is back Luke Lacoste go back and listen to that I think you'll enjoy that if you enjoy this sort of information we had an episode 118 with Pierre Cacou uh, called Toute la France which means everything France which was a fascinating episode 118 um, have a listen to episode 60 of the podcast World Cup 1954 which was big tease interview with Andrew and discussion with Andrew Ferguson about that very first World Cup in France and if you want to hear another amazing French accent, episode 58, Remy Casti, a Frenchman in lockdown. So right at the start of COVID, uh, I spoke to Remy Casti back when he was playing for Catalans, uh, the French international, and we had a great chat. So go back and listen to those if you love your French rugby league. But guys, um, Chasing Kangaroos, it's our fourth season this year, and this is the first episode of season four, although I'm not starting the weekly sort of podcast just yet. I might throw in a few more solo episodes like this because I enjoy talking to you guys. And a few of you have been DMing me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chasing Ruse and at Chasing Ruse Pod uh, that you miss my voice. And I think that's interesting to hear comments like that. A lot of you, I'm sure, enjoy listening to me to help them go to sleep. So. You're welcome, guys. But um, I'll try and get a few more solo podcasts out between now and officially starting this season. But what you can expect from us early in 2022 
is, of course, many of you will be aware that Mr. Rugby League in America, Nate Gladden, is joining Ken the Chasing Kangaroos media team. Um, and we're bringing the Rugby League in America podcast right here. So you don't need to do anything. If you're subscribed on fa on if you're subscribed to this podcast, wherever you're listening, uh, you will get Rugby League in America right here. Uh, Nate Gladden and I will record a very short episode explaining what this season for Rugby League in America is going to look like. Uh, it's really cool, and I'm excited to bring it to you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna be sort of hands off and let Nate run the show. Um, but we it's be excited because it's going to be really cool and very different um, and bigger than the original Rugby League in America, so we're pumped. Um, late last year, you also heard Big T and Mary Kay had plans to bring you an NRLW podcast, which was going to happen for the season last year. That season was postponed to February, and that's still happening. So you can expect to hear Big T and the lady who leagues herself, Mary Kay, on a weekly uh, chasing Jillaroo's podcast when that NRL season is ready to kick off in February. We'll probably start that a few weeks beforehand as well. So you're going to get some really good content between those two and possibly, you know, some solo episodes from me as well, you know, between now and then. But what we are planning for the Chasing Kangaroo's podcast this year, it is a World Cup season. Uh, the 2021 World Cup postponed to 2022 in the UK. And we're going to focus on that. Uh, myself, the team, Big T, Mary Kay, um, and Mike Wood, Mr. The NRL Outsider, uh, will be joining as well to a greater capacity um, this season. And Chasing Kangaroos is going to be the official, unofficial uh, World Cup podcast. We really want to try and bring that to you. And, you know, give us a couple of months to really get that started. But that is my goal. And um, I'm excited to do that. Um, it's going to be a great season. We're hoping International Rugby League turns a corner this year and sort of gets back to where it was back in that Rise of Tonga period. Um, between now and France 2025, it's going to be amazing. An amazing time to be an International Rugby League fan, I'm sure. My fingers are crossed anyway, because we've seen some ups and downs. Uh, but guys, I've spoken to myself for enough. It's been almost half an hour of me speaking to myself. Good to be back for 2022. Happy New Year. Keep following the pod. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please do. Like I said, some great content coming your way. And be sure to support us on social media and also at ChasingRoos.com, uh, our online store. Probably the biggest online retail store for International Rugby League fans. We have so much great merchandise there. And I want to give a big shout out to my business partner there, Phil Brown, who does a lot of behind-the-scenes work there and a lot of great work. Um, guys, we don't make, I don't see a dollar from ChasingRoos.com. Um, every dollar that we make goes into purchasing kit from nations directly so that they make some money and any profit we make goes to sponsoring some of these nations. Um, we've seen sponsorships for the Netherlands, Brazil. We're looking at sponsorships with the Philippines. We sponsor the under-12s Cardiff uh, Blue Dragons in the, in the Welsh junior competition um, and you may have seen, if you're following us on Twitter in particular, you may have seen Chasing Kangaroos, Steeden footies going out to nations all over the world. So we're sending 10, we've sent 10 to Greece, we've sent 10 to Cameroon, to Ghana, to Vanuatu, to Solomon Islands, we're sending some to Cambodia, we're sending some to the Philippines, we've sent some to Monte Gattis over at Cleveland Rugby League, um, all over the place. So 
that's what your dollar gets put to use for when you purchase at chasingroos.com. And not only that, but you get some awesome, unique International Rugby League kit as well. So support us, and we'll keep supporting the, the game around the world. That's our promise. That's enough from me, guys. Absolutely pumped for two World Cups in three years. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me.